When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi there, welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast where women can share their experiences with pregnancy and birth, a space created solely for women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. I'll be bringing you weekly chats with the women of Ireland and also some bonus episodes in there too. In this episode, I chat to Kira and she talks me through her four pregnancies and births, three of which were in a hospital setting and her last little baby was born at home. Kira was actually living in Russia on pregnancy number two and three, but decided to fly home on both occasions to birth her babies in Ireland. And she was so determined um, on her last baby to try and birth naturally. And I think her determination really comes through. I'll let her tell you her story. Enjoy. Kira, thank you so much for agreeing to come on and chat to us about your births. So do you want to just give us a little introduction? Ah, uh, yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, so my name is Kira Fitzgibbon. Uh, I'm living in Tremor in Waterford with my husband Kieran. We were married for 11 years on Saturday. I didn't almost forget that. <laughs> uh, we have four kids. Um, so yeah, we have Elliot is nine, Theo is seven, Alva is five and Hannah will be three in October. Okay, lovely. Nice age gaps. Yeah, so we had three and three and a half years and then we waited three years to have another girl. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So just tell us about your first pregnancy then. Was it planned? Yeah. So um, we always wanted to have uh, babies quite young. Uh, So as a young mom, um, we had gotten married. And then about a year and a half later, Elliot came along. Um, So he was actually, we had planned to have a home birth with him. Um, But in true Elliot style, he was 14 days late. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, so it was a funny kind of thing in that um, I got to, I think it was at my due date appointment. I went into the midwives in the hospital um, and they examined me and they said, oh my gosh, you're three centimetres. You'll never go full term even. So it must have been just before. Yeah, because I remember her saying that. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. You know, first time baby. I think yeah. I'd asked around my aunts, my mom, and they were all quite early. So I was like, oh, excellent. Um but no, I was still, um, I was still three centimeters. They induced me on day, I think it was 13. Um, and I remember like that, I was like 12. Yeah, it was day 12. I went in, they gave me whatever to start things going. 
um, all night. You're like, you know, any little twinge on your first time, you think this is yeah, it. Yeah. And then long story short, um, they examined me after all this walking around for 24 hours. And she said, oh, this is great. You're three centimeters. And I burst into tears saying, you know, I've been three centimeters for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was heartbroken at that stage. I was like, fine, give me whatever, you know, so uh, I was induced with Elliot and then I guess things were very kind of typical for a hospital birth, which yeah. was that um, I started me up on the drip. Um, his heart rate, of course, accelerated. They then said, look, we're going to have to check his oxygen levels. So they did a little, um, the little scrape of his head. Um, and I was lucky that actually it didn't work the first time. There's nothing wrong with the machine. So they did it again and everything was fine. But if that had not been uh, good if those results then he would have been emergency c-section um which i think is the kind of the story you get from a lot of like those exact steps isn't it you know um and so in the end elliot was a vacuum birth um my husband says about him and our second son was also a vacuum birth um that it's why they didn't like the sound of the hoover for so long you know (laughs) post-traumatic stress (laughs) Um, they can remember (laughs) but yeah so um that so how did you Elliot. manage that then? I'm sure, surely you felt obviously stressed at that moment because you considered, considering that you were, had planned for your home birth. Um, and wh- yeah. why did you decide to go for a home birth in the first place? So I had a very close friend who'd had two home births. And I think there's quite a number of women who I knew at the time who were kind of like anti-age group in relation to me who were very for kind of natural birth and things like that. Um, and that just sounded like, right and how it should be and sounded lovely you know um and i guess the way my friend also kira had described it to me it was much more positive um in relation to she had two in the hospital and then two at home um so that sounded really attractive um i think though with because it was my first like you're just before, i was just shocked you know everything was just such a shock to the system yeah um, the labor was a shock i didn't know any better just every part of it and I remember our home birth midwife was fantastic and she had tried to kind of prepare me for the pain and even she said you know it's just so hard to explain to someone what it's going to feel like and how much of a shock it's going to be um I guess I just felt in the hospital I really felt like I was in somebody else's space you know um as soon as you get booked in or whichever and I'm the kind of person who I was trying to make everyone around me feel comfortable you know so I was very apologetic almost for being there at all and um I remember yeah just not feeling very comfortable I remember um the midwife after we'd had Elliot and they said we're going to bring you like the most amazing ever meal you've had and it was like toast and tea <laughs> I was never so disappointed in my life <laughs> you know I was like you said this would be the best meal yeah. <laughs> what is this um I can't relate said, to that because I, I remember um when I was in hospital with Oliver and I kept asking my husband for water, but I was like, I have to say please and thank you now because the midwife is listening yeah. to me. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And then the midwife said to my husband, just, you know, hit that bell then when you're done and someone will come into you. So he hit the bell when we were done, I think with that. And this, you know, more senior in years, uh, midwife came in uh, shouting, shouting at him what's wrong with you and could you not get up there don't you have a fine set of legs and the two of us and I guess because we were quite young as well I was 22 having Elliot um I just felt like I was at school almost you know like I was just doing 
the wrong thing all of the time and is this what I should do and can I and you know no confidence at all really to be honest looking back on it um so I think I was quite shocked but I guess at the time you know if the way I understood it was you know this was all very necessary there was no other way there was you know and in all fairness like he had gone 14 days overdue so we really had um we really tried to get him there on time um I just didn't know any different almost and I think it was really then um with our second son Theo that I was a little less shocked so we had actually between Elliot and Theo we had moved um to Russia um and we were working with a charity over there my husband and I and um so we flew back to have our second and third baby so Theo was our second we'd flown back to Ireland to have him um again like both all of my our, my pregnancies are pretty straightforward no complications nothing like that but at this point because we we're staying with our my in-laws I didn't consider home birth an option because I right. I guess I didn't kind of have a home I would have been given birth in my mother-in-law's house you know yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and so I was like oh I'll take the hospital we have a great why, relationship why did with you decide to come home why didn't you um decide to give birth in Russia so for like a million reasons, like they just have a really different approach to birth. Okay. Um, so as most of say, like most women would go publicly there as well. Like the husband would never come in with the wife. So the husband leaves the wife at the door. I was thinking of them a lot, actually, uh, friends in Russia, just thinking of them at the moment with so many women in Ireland having to, you know, kind of labor on their own. And so, but that's, that's totally normal. There's that, you know, you drop your, um, the mom is dropped at the door and she labors on her own um just how they are kind of with medicine and the medical community is very very different as well you really do do what you're told it might be comparable perhaps to like ireland in the 50s or 60s here and so i'd had a couple of experiences there didn't enjoy it um and then very practically it was actually cheaper to fly home to ireland have the birth here publicly than to have it privately in russia oh wow Um, yeah so we just thought you know for the sake of family things and then again practically we would have always had to come home because of visa issues you can't apply for a visa while you're in the country we would have had to come out of the country to apply for a visa for the baby okay gosh yeah yeah a million million reasons um so we did come home for theo uh, i think the only thing i was trying to think of like what happened to all these births or what was happening at the time um with Theo I actually had like three false alarms where I thought I was in labor um yeah so which I was you know a little shocked thinking surely I know what's happening this time around um but I would have had kind of I don't even know how you pronounce it but I've read a lot about this like prodromal or how would you pronounce it prodromal birth yeah which just goes on and on and or labor and I think I really did experience that certainly on Theo and Alva so on baby number two and three um where things would ramp up and stop and ramp up and stop and ramp up and stop for weeks. And even with Elliot that they told me, oh, you're three centimeters already weeks before he was ever born, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the same for you. Yeah. But who's like, who's not, um, wouldn't that be great if you got to birth and you just had like come back from a spa and you're really, <laughs> yeah. rested, you know, and you'd slept well for a week or something. But, um, so yes with Theo's birth was remarkably like Elliot's I wasn't induced and so I did go over again by seven days um so I was 40 
41 weeks yet having him. Oh no, 10 days. Sorry, now I'm getting the births confused. So the first was 42 plus one. The second then was 41 plus three. So went okay, 10 so days spontaneous. Over. So you had no sweep or spontaneous anything. Spontaneous like in the end, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, sorry, sweep. I probably had sweep on all of them, but almost wouldn't okay. count that as like, there was no, um, like it wasn't a chemical induction and such. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, went on my own with Theo. Um, a bit more kind of knew what I wanted this time um with Theo and Alva so the second and third babies I actually labored in the pool so I was in Cork um and they had they just opened the pool but you weren't allowed to give birth in it (laughs) so um (laughs) so the the plan with Theo because of how things have gone with Elliot like I went in there kind of looking for the epidural and I would have had sorry for the first baby I had the epidural as well um, the only difference then really was that when Theo was born, because he was another vacuum birth, this time I kind of had my wits about me. I wasn't in, you know, shock so much. I just remember looking at him laying beside me on the kind of the warming blanket and really wanting to pick him up. You know, and as a mom at this stage, I had that instinct was nice and strong. I breastfed my first baby and I just wanted to hold him and feed him. And because he had been a vacuum birth, I had to wait for the pediatrician to come in and do all their bits, you know. Okay. And I just remember looking at him and he was crying and I just really wanted to comfort him. And at that point thinking I, I wouldn't want to birth like this again where I'm separated from him in the yeah. small way, you know? Um, and so that kind of put the cogs in motion again, but again with our third. So uh, we had two years between our first two and then just 18 months between our second and third baby. Um, so we had a three and a half year old, one and a half year old and newborn. I literally can't remember. People say what it was like. I I have blanked it from my memory. <laughs> I think it was just madness, like, do you know? Um, yeah it was great like but it was just probably because we again so we flew back um with the three-year-old and the one and a half year old to have the third baby um and we're living in siberia as well so everything was just a little bit extreme (laughs) um but we flew back to have alva and she was seven days over um and so when i went in this time to have her i remember i said to the midwife look, I've had two vacuum births and I don't want another vacuum birth. I really want to push her out myself. Um, And this midwife actually was lovely. Um, I think she did like a Northern, did she have a Donegal accent? It's so funny because I've forgotten all of their faces um, of all my midwives ever. (laughs) But I, I remember I had had her, I think early on with Elliot and then when she started speaking I said I recognize your voice you know you actually you were in with me with one of the other babies she was absolutely fabulous yeah she was great and she really got me there um so again we started off in the pool and she was really watching me and just really I felt much more respectful of me in general you know in contrast to her I guess there was the anesthetist who so when I was with Alva when I was ready to have the so I, I still had planned to have an epidural and when I was ready to have it I was ready to have it and I'd gone much further um I'd gotten the epidural quite early with the two the first two and so with her I'd gone much further along um I think I was maybe like six centimeters okay. and so I was like give it to me right now do you know <laughs> um and Denise came in and I got it and she said oh what what number baby is this and I said baby number three and she said and all this fuss, sure, you've done it twice before, you know. And I just, I looked at her, I said, have you, ha- have you given birth? And she said, no. And I just, <laughs> you know, 
I just, you know, and that was kind of my experience mostly in the hospital. The very first time I was pushing, um, sorry, this is like the least linear birth stories ever. Um, but even the very first time when I was pushing and the second time, like I just could feel nothing you know and they were saying well no don't do that don't bear down do it like this or something and I was just like I can't feel anything from like not even my waist down like it felt from my chest down almost you know I could feel nothing at all and they were like giving out to me about how I was pushing and I just thought but I can't feel anything what you need guidance more so than you were getting the opposite exactly and to be told like oh that's it you're doing it but all I felt was stupid um I didn't know what I was doing. I couldn't do it. And then with the third, I think it was a massive game changer because of that midwife. And she's like, okay, you can do this. Um, I told her what I wanted, which was not to have another vacuum birth. She knew I had two before. Um, And so what she did was she actually turned down the epidural near the end. Um, And that made the world a difference. Yeah. So for the first time ever, I felt like I'd actually given birth to a child (laughs) in that I felt um, I could feel her body bone on bone, you know, moving through my pelvis. And it was just the most powerful thing I'd ever experienced. Mm -hmm. It was so different to the two before. Um, And like that, just being able to have her on my skin straight away and not having that separation that I didn't want and again they just allowed me to to make some of my own choices that I didn't feel I was allowed to on the first two actually you know um and do you think that's because that midwife was present that she was possibly your voice throughout and then um, absolutely yeah 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 absolutely um which is kind of sad that it's like the pick of the draw you know um but it does it has a massive impact I think as well for the first two births, my poor husband also felt like I did, you know, didn't have a lot of confidence, um, a bit of a spare wheel, definitely in like not his own environment. Yeah. Um, and so for the first two, if he, had, if he breathed on me, I was like, get away from me, you know, it was like classic in the movies or the woman's like okay. screaming at her poor husband, that was me, you know. And then with Alva, it was the first time with the third baby that I'd really kind of lent into him a little bit and looked to him for support. And um, it was, that was really nice as well, you know, just, and he was just a bit more confident as well, but I think, don't think I think it was still with her when the second midwife came in and he was like watching her crowning and someone gave out to him and told him he was on the wrong side of the bed you know mm. yeah and he's like I have seen this before <laughs> I know where they come from um, but I think it's important that they see that because like you're never going to see that so one hmm. of you has to see it and I, I re- think it's important absolutely. that they do absolutely and like I don't know. And it wasn't like, oh, you're in the way, like we need to do something here. It was very much like, that's not right. Um, So I think having a bit more of a positive experience then with the third baby really set me up for my eventual fourth home birth. Um, So we had Alva, we always knew we wanted at least one more baby. Um, We all said five, but even as soon as I got pregnant with Alva, I knew (laughs) John or with Hannah, sorry. Oh, I'm being that mom being recorded, uh, mixing up all their names. Um, <laughs> <Don't yeah. worry>. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, I would just call them baby number one, two, three, and four. <laughs> I promise in real life I have names for them. Um, but yeah, so so we we three year gap. Um, one because I just found 
our third child to be much less straightforward than the first two. Um, we felt very confident. And I always say that if I had only had the two boys, I would have been the best parent in the world, you know. Um, they slept when they were meant to. They ate when they were meant to. They were just very laid back um, and straightforward and quite almost compliant as toddlers even you know um and then we had this amazing little girl who like second night in and we're driving her around to get her to sleep she was born kind of knowing what you wanted almost um and so that made for quite an interesting toddlerhood for her and an education for me as her mom um and then just having the three so close in age was very intense uh the other reason then we had the three year gap was because we knew our time in Russia was coming to an end and so it just would have meant coming back earlier I guess and we just waited for the right time um and so thank god we got pregnant very easily with Hannah um with our fourth baby uh, I was still in Russia when we got pregnant um and so it was lovely because it was kind of a bridge between our old lives in Russia we've been there for five years um and all of our friends got to celebrate the pregnancy with us um yeah. see the bump we found out that we're having another girl you know so there's all of that but then it was like moving back to Ireland then into a new place and everything so it was this kind of um something that kept us kind of grounded throughout I think yeah and it's like a word I'm trying to look for like a bit of consistency or something constant that's the word it was like a constant that everyone was looking forward to this and it was something that was the same in Russia as it was going to be in Ireland um and so I'd had these three years to really think about what kind of birth would I absolutely love and I remember I think it was quite early on in the pregnancy I just made up my mind okay I'm going to do this I'm going to really try for a natural birth without an epidural and I knew that because I had had three epidurals um that's the only way it was going to work would be if I really set my mind to it um because I knew just how easy it was to get that in an instant all the pain disappears you know um but I just really really wanted to give birth naturally um I think the big thing that had been holding me back from even attempting it on the second and third was I just didn't have the confidence. I genuinely didn't believe that I could physically do it. Um, But then between (laughs) baby number three and four, between Alva and Hannah, um, I had started running and I'd run my first half marathon. Then um, I had been working out quite a lot and doing like hip workouts and things like that. That kind of gave me bit of confidence in my own body if that makes yeah. any sense <laughs> yeah it does yeah yeah, Good. yeah. Um, and so I was like no I can do this uh, so I had done my first half marathon and I had started doing a lot of hit workouts with a trainer and things like that and I think my confidence in my body body's ability um kind of skyrocketed really to be honest you know I thought wow like I never thought I'd be able to run a half marathon I ran yeah. that and I didn't think I was able to give birth, you know, without painkillers, without, uh, certainly without an epidural. So maybe I can do that. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of set my mind to it. And then I talked to my husband. And I said, hey, you know, I've been thinking about this. Um, you know, but what do you, do you think I'd be able to give birth without the epidural? And he said, absolutely. You know, and he didn't hesitate. He didn't doubt it. 
for a second it seemed just absolutely and that was huge for me as well I think just seeing his reaction almost you know um I'm glad I got him on a good day and he wasn't like distracted or something (laughs) no because the reaction isn't always as positive for other mums it can take a bit of work to kind of get your partner involved because it can be quite scary for them absolutely yeah and I remember like when I told him the first time I wanted to run a half marathon like it wasn't positive you know he thought I was going to kill myself Um, and so I think his reaction really again gave me a bit of confidence and so I just went about then listening to every positive podcast I could find on births Um, I read every birth story I could find and I just decided to write I am going to try and rewire my brain almost you know um and just be positive as I could. Um, as I said, I listened to loads and loads of um, podcasts, which is why I was so excited that you were doing this in Ireland, because <laughs> I don't think I heard any other <laughs> podcast on Irish birds, you know, so I thought yeah. that was fantastic. And then a friend of mine who'd had, I think she'd already had two, or was she having one and she was about to have her second home birth. Um, she gave me CDs then to listen to um, that were like, these kind of birthing tracks or whichever to mm-hmm. listen to and to kind of practice before you gave birth um and they were huge for me as well they really I think were a bit of a game changer too um I knew like <laughs> this really wasn't going to be my husband's jam as we said yeah. um so like I'd listen to them with headphones on during the day when the big kids were in school um and just kind of practicing relaxing you know and again kind of using techniques and breathing techniques that I would have during workouts you know and just even in some of those high intensity workouts or like I don't know people have done Tabata where it's you know you're on for a certain amount either 60 seconds or 90 seconds or whichever and then you're off for a little while and so even that kind of pattern was like you know gearing me up for contractions and how that would feel yeah intense feeling and then have a little break but you're back in for it but just knowing like certain things you know that anybody can do anything for 60 seconds and just hanging on to kind of truths like that um and I guess for me as well especially with the home birth and our that fourth baby Hannah that um for me it was a very spiritual thing I've been a Christian since I was 15 years old I became a Christian and so just throughout this whole thing I was just really praying that I would know the truth that my body was designed for this you know like that was like really important to me and again just asking God for help through it um, and timing wise as well Um, so we had just moved from Russia to Tremor and Waterford um, but we're from well I'm kind of from all over but half Dublin and then my family settled in Cork. My husband's family is from Cork. So we knew nobody in Tremor. And we moved to Tremor when I was about 33 weeks pregnant. Um, I'm starting to remember, I think it was 33, 34 weeks pregnant. Um, and so I knew that I really needed um, like a base of people around me as quickly as possible, basically. Yeah. Um, I needed the support, but you know it's it's hard it's not an easy thing to just click your fingers and have friends in a couple of weeks you know um and so I was really nervous about that and so that had been something that I've been really praying about um really asking God to bring people around me uh, who would support me at that stage like anyone I talked to about it was very very positive um 
so first about just giving birth naturally and then it was that friend who gave me the cds you know she said to me well then why don't you try for a home birth and i said oh i don't know like she's like well if you really mean it and you really don't want the epidural then a home birth really could be for you you know and I thought, do you know what? She's right. <laughs> um, but at this point, I was, as I said, 33, 34 weeks pregnant. And so I rang up the hospital and I said, you know, I'm just wondering. I'm at, I think they call you like a late booker or something, which I've been on the, for the second and third as well. And I said, like, is there any chance that you have space um, on one of your home birth schemes? And I think because I'd actually rung up so late, they had had cancer. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cancellations. Because um, I know a lot of other ladies um, who live in our area who basically like ring those midwives before they tell their husbands they're pregnant, you know, in order to okay. get on that um, with the, the, the midwives for a home. Like there's just no space. There's, I think at the time, were there three or I don't think there was even a full four home birth midwives um right. so there really wasn't a lot of space yeah so even that just felt like such a blessing to get in there um like just lots of like really unlikely things kind of came together if that makes any sense they yeah, were just falling lovely. into place it was absolutely falling into place mm-hmm. um the very last thing then that they weren't happy about was as I said I had had bad uh varicose veins it was like the only complication I've ever really had in pregnancy um I only got them when I was pregnant and then they disappear again but they were really quite bad and quite painful during pregnancy and then I guess because we were flying back quite late every time as well that probably didn't help um or certainly didn't help their alarm about it 
Um, so I remember I had actually been admitted into hospital a couple of times just as a precaution about them. And then towards the end, I was still taking like a Panadol or Paracetamol every four hours. Like it was still quite painful. And we had friends of ours come down from Cork who were doing something else in Waterford that day. And I said, oh, my goodness, you know, we're living here now. Come and drop by. We'll feed you before you go home. And they were there and I was talking to them about my leg and they were also Christians. And they just said, hey, like, can we just pray for you before we go quickly? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'd love for you to pray just that the pain would go. Um, and I'd, I had had, you know, other people pray for me and we've been praying about it as well, that the pain would go. And that's something that, that we would believe in, you know, um, yeah. that like in healing I guess and um and so they prayed for me and I didn't really think of anything of it and you know bye guys whatever and like literally from the next morning onwards like there was zero pain at all like like yeah I couldn't believe it um I know I've been a Christian for like four 16 years now but still I was surprised honestly um I literally like beyond I think it was by like basically I planned my day around getting everything organized before yeah. lunchtime because from lunchtime onwards I couldn't stand like that was how bad the pain was I couldn't stand to make dinner so I was like doing you know uh, slow cookers and things like that just so I could be sitting down for the rest of the day um so it was really like as in like there's quite a lot of pain to zero pain it was just amazing um yeah, it was just amazing. So that was great. And that kind of cleared me as well to definitely give birth at home. Um, and then, yeah, it was just amazing. We had a couple of connections. People put us in contact with people. And we just made a couple of really fantastic friends quite quickly. Um, I had one friend who was just over the road. Um, and even where we lived, because I didn't actually drive at the time, I do now drive. Um, I actually finished my last lesson when I was like 39 weeks pregnant. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he proper thought I was mad. You know? <laughs> um, oh, so he looked at you. I have like a great photo of me, like holding the search in my hand. I had all the 12 lessons. But yeah, so I wasn't driving. So it really made a massive difference to have people quite close to us. So we had... W- one friend over the road who actually like you know I asked her I said I know you know we only know you now a couple of like a month or two but I need to put someone down that um if I do go into labor that like someone will come around and watch the kids or you know what I mean like I, yeah. I just need to know someone there and so she said yeah absolutely definitely put me down and so I think the home birth midwives then kind of said they could cover me from a certain point it was like is it 39 weeks or something you know so if I went into early labor I'd have to go into the hospital and then it was just with their scheduling hours that I literally couldn't go into birth any earlier than they gave me a certain date I think it was after 39 weeks um and so timing became really important and we had made these amazing friends we actually again had um we go to quite a small school or rather our kids go to quite a small school in Tremor but it happened that one of the boys in our eldest boys class actually lived like right across from us um on our road in our cul-de-sac so that just meant as well that um again just we had somewhere to kind of put the kids even like in the days coming up to it just um she's actually a good friend now Abby was just amazing for taking the kids or bringing them to school or things like that you know so that support system that I'd really prayed hard for like did materialize and was just fantastic um yeah and so we'd had all our checkups that like we had whichever one's in hospital and then towards the end 
um, the midwives came to me for the checkups and everything looked good. Um, yeah, there was no complications really. And again, they were all expecting me to go over because I'd gone at this stage, the first baby was 15 days, the second one was 10 days, the third one was seven days over. Um, which actually there is a pattern in it. <laughs> so we yeah. should have known. <laughs> um, so yeah, but I really like, I know other moms are great and they'd love to have the kids around. Like I really, when I was planning out the home birth, I did not want my children present. <laughs> um, I just like that. I couldn't, like, I can't exercise and concentrate on that really. The kids are in the room, you know? Um, and I just yeah. thought, no, this is something that I need to do without them being there. And just that, I needed to just concentrate on the birth and especially that um, it was going to be so different to me. It really felt almost like I was about to give birth for the first time just because yeah. it was such a different experience to anything I'd done before. Um, <laughs> that sounds like it's a hobby or something, but no, but like the first three. No, I completely so understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, and maybe possibly because you knew this was going to be your last birth that you, you know, you needed to just have it exactly how you wanted it absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. um I just felt it was like a reflection of where I was at at that point as well like I really I knew I could do it you know somewhere deep down I knew yeah. even though it kind of shocked me that when I was and did do it I was still shocked you know I think deep down if I had the confidence I knew I could do this um and so that was really important yeah that the kids weren't there and so I had written up on the calendar uh, my husband was working kind of Monday to Friday, nine to half five or whatever. And so I couldn't go into birth too early because of the schedule for the home birth ladies. I'd end up in hospital. And so I'd written up on this Friday, you know, give birth <laughs> between 7 p.m. and 7 a.m. And everyone who came to the house just laughed. And I was like, you're what's that about? Are you being induced or, you know, is this a planned section? I was like, no, no. I'm having a baby. And, yeah literally and everyone was saying you know there's so many great friends around the world at this point from working all over um and people are saying to us friends who are christians are saying you know well how can we pray for you and i was like just please pray that i give birth on friday night between 7 p.m and 7 a.m <laughs> and they're like okay you know clearly she's lost the plot now at this stage um it's not you know like um that's certainly not how we believe kind of god interacts with us that you can just yeah. like write those things down and so they're like okay maybe we'll just pray that God kind of like opens your mind to other things as well and I was like no no <laughs> um and so yeah that was up on the notice board and it was I just really wanted to be when the kids were asleep because this would solve the problem of who was going to watch the kids and even though we had these amazing friends across the road like it was also quite new and again I kind of felt like I was imposing just to throw the kids over you know and I just thought oh no please yeah. like if we could just come while they're asleep happy days um and so yeah the day before my due date with hannah um we'll say the day before the day before um so that would have been a wednesday night i was chatting with a friend and she knew i always went over and she said so hey why don't we come down this saturday um and my due date was the thursday yeah so it was the next day and she's saying hey I'll come down this weekend and i was like hang on a second like I might have the baby and she's like oh yeah sure <laughs> you might have the baby um but you probably won't given how things are usually so I'll come down and I was almost offended you know and I was like oh yeah. I don't know I'm like I 
you know, was, I was starting to get some Braxton Hicks and things like that. And I thought, oh, maybe this is it. Um, and she said, sure, sure, let me know. Um, and so that night I went to sleep and I actually dreamt all night that these, what I thought were Braxton Hicks had continued all night, but I slept, you know, and then I woke up and I, as I'm sure so many women have when they're towards the end of the pregnancy, just like heartbroken that, Yes. I've woken up. I was still pregnant, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, oh, um, and then I felt another like tightening, you know, and I was like, oh my goodness, no way. Um, and then I just kind of just lay in bed, just keeping a kind of an eye on it. I was wondering, hey, what's going on? Trying to feel stuff out, and realize, no, like these are definitely something there, definitely coming in some sort of a pattern. I wasn't timing anything or whatever, but I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this has been all night now, and like happy days. Um, and so they were definitely getting stronger. And I said it to my husband, and I think he as well, like, just everyone expected me to go late. Um, he said are you sure and I was like no I'm not really but you know they're not going anywhere and I think then at some point mid-morning um oh yeah he'd actually gone to work yeah that was it he'd even gone to work I had a friend come over um and I was like making tea or something and she still laughs about it today that like I just kind of stopped and winced and she's like whoa are you okay and I was like look I don't want to tell you, but I think I'm in early labor. <laughs> She's like, what? Um, yeah, you know, but that's how I wanted it. I just wanted, I knew, yeah. like, I really didn't expect because all of my other labors had still been quite long. Um, I, I just kind of, I don't know, I, I didn't expect it to happen very quickly. And again, <laughs> I'm like, it can't happen before seven o'clock. You know, I was just absolutely adamant yeah. that the kids would have to be in bed. Um, and so, yeah, so she had tea and then my husband came home within a couple of hours. His boss just said, that, like, you're no good to us here, just go home. Um, and at this point I timed them and they were definitely kind of coming regularly, whatever that was. Um, so I rang the midwife. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I rang them at this point then, I think after the tea. Um, and they came over and they examined me and they said, yeah, you know, again that lucky three <laughs> so you're a three but um like it's still kind of early days as in we could be here now this could be tomorrow it could be the day after yeah. um I said you know grand happy days um they didn't expect much and they said look we'll ring you later see how you're doing and check back in anything changes ring us um so yeah I was kind of like happy with that and wasn't surprised and um and did you yeah, so I just do like, any, sorry, um, did you do yes. any antenatal classes? So did you do any hypnobirthing or gentle birth to help you cope with the labor? Yeah, so only those CDs, I think, were gentle birth that my friend okay. um, had gifted me. Yeah, um, so I've been practicing those before. And so I think, oh, I don't think I even put them on yet. I think it was later in the day. So for that kind of morning and afternoon, I just rested and um, my lovely friend across the road did take the kids for the afternoon okay. and even that like just being at home in our own house my husband and I just kind of spent some time together and like you know relaxed and just um just try to stay as relaxed as was possible um like I had a shower with candles you know it's yeah, just like yeah. just really and like I just love that about having a home birth that 
kind of all those decisions were in our hands nothing was clinical it was all kind of cozy and homely um and then yeah we'd actually so we had prepared for a water birth we had gotten a pool from somebody from this friend who convinced me to have a home birth um and we were really lucky at the time that the house we were living in actually had three stories it had um it had a basement level that was like a living room with you know kind of glass doors and all that jazz um so we'd set that up as like the birthing suite (laughs) and it was it was really really lovely so um at some point then I think it was like about six o'clock maybe at night I went down there and I put on my headphones and at this point now it was like I wasn't kind of laughing anymore (laughs) you know when you stop cracking jokes um I was okay. I didn't feel like it was time to call the midwives yet. Um, I can't even remember now. They give me a certain kind of when it gets this close, you know, call us. Um, how far were they? How far away were they? Oh, they had to time it. I think because where we are, um, the HSE midwives actually have to time it to tell like the ambulance just in case how far you are. And I think it was something like 12 minutes from the hospital okay. in an ambulance, you know. Uh, so all very, very close. Yeah, not rural at all. Um, and because everything had just gone so slowly before, I didn't expect things to kick off very quickly or anything like that. Um, and so, yeah, I was just pottering downstairs, had my fairy lights and candles and the pool was there and then had, um, I think it was the gentle birth, uh, tracks on with headphones. And so at some point in the evening, the kids came home and my husband put them to bed. Um, but I was kind of blissfully ignorant of this and like just walking around a lot as well um that was something that I really felt with the other births that may have so like especially in the first two they were in really tricky positions um okay. that didn't help them being born and led to needing vacuum um and so that's why I was really determined on this as well to have the baby in a good position and even coming up to the birth as I said I would have kept exercising as much as I could with my leg at the very end um but then even kind of doing stuff like you know really rocking my hips not sitting in a way that would um encourage kind of a bad position for her to be in to be born um and even the night before you know (laughs) that's you know you you really want to figure out like what's the thing that will make me go into labor (laughs) you know um whereas like we we tried everything I haven't gone over three times like we tried everything every time almost um but in case anyone's listening who's like what what else can we try um the night before I went into labor I did the thing I don't even know what it's called it's more like crab walking where you walk with one foot on the path and one foot on the road have you heard of this oh yes yeah 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 and just like rocked my hips and just really like visualized rocking her head into my pelvis you know um and did you feel her in your pelvis? Because I know in one of your previous births, you said you f- could feel everything. So could you feel her come down? I don't think... So like when I felt the second baby, oh no, it was Alva, the third baby being born, it was like as she was being born, I could feel them. Um, could I feel her? I don't think as much at the very end with Hannah. I just remember being really, really uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, like all okay, over. Yeah. Um, but... I don't think, I don't feel, think I felt like, you know, the first time I don't feel a drop or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just like really 
trying to walk around and just keep things going. And even though things were getting more and more intense, you know, you kind of have this, at least I had this fear of like, oh, please don't stop completely again, you know, or please don't, because I'd have that not with this uh, pregnancy, but definitely with the previous ones where things really did start to ramp up and then just completely fizzled out. Um, And so this time I'm like, no, 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 this is it now. And just keep walking around, had the headphones in. and I think kind of the big memories that stand out are just, again, being so comfortable in our own home. I remember just before I went downstairs, um, I was putting in, always putting on a TENS machine, actually. I find that really helpful. Um, it got a bit fiddly at the end. And I know I've heard people say that as well in other podcasts that, you know, just like having to think about something else became too much. But certainly in the beginning, I think it did give me something to focus on. I don't really know if it helped okay. with the pain, but it definitely distracted me from something. Yeah. Um, and so my husband was helping me put that on. And so for a minute, I had um, the gentle birth tracks unplugged. So I wasn't listening to them in headphones. And she said, oh, I can't remember the exact phrase, but it was something like super cheesy and something really related to birth. You know, like your body is opening like a flower, something along those lines. And my husband just couldn't help it. And he burst out laughing. And like, he was just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But he had tears coming down his face because I knew he wouldn't be into it. So I hadn't let him listen to any of it because I didn't want him to like put me but he just and so the two of us were just like you know laughing and crying and laughing because we were laughing so hard um and he was so apologetic (laughs) I was like no it's lovely um and so like things like that you know that really stand out to me and I think were possible because we were at home Mm -hmm. um and so then yes the kids were put down to bed and then about eight o'clock Kieran rang the midwives my husband and I think, you know, they always, you know, want to talk to you and see how you're doing. And at this stage, like I really was having to work hard through um, the contractions. I really was focusing on my breathing. Um, That really helped as well to just like count um, with my breathing. It's amazing three years, how much you can forget. But again, I had like a certain number in, a certain number out and just really concentrating on that. And then I think... The kind of things I visualized were really a lot of like with water and um, being in Tremor, we're right by the sea, and I just find it so relaxing. Like the sea in general, even just looking at it, I was laugh. We have like a sea view from our bedroom at the moment. That's like it's like two inches basically of the window. <laughs> you barely see the sea, but just like you know, just either whether it's going for a walk beside the beach or whatever it is, it's just so relaxing. And so I was just imagining like actual physical waves and the water and that really, really helped. And so the midwives came and they examined me, um, not straight away, like again, just so respectful now at this point of like how I was feeling and really felt like they were just following my lead, you know? Yeah. Um, so they were just watching me. And then I think I was even having contraction when they came in and they just waited, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, lights were down or whatever. Um, and I think they were saying like, I was, you know, only, but I was about six centimeters and they said, okay, let's get you doing some of those stairs. So it's like a three story house. So up and down the stairs, I start going, <laughs> I'm really working hard at this point. And I guess I was kind of surprised that they said, I was almost like I was only six in that sense you know I expected okay. it to be further but then I was also thinking in my head okay just 
you know, think of the long game here. Um, it could be tomorrow, a sailor, whichever. But certainly now I'd already gone past the point. And I remember that. I remember going past a certain point and knowing that I've never been here before, that this is definitely more intense and further along. And as I said, like the furthest I had ever gone without getting an epidural was six centimeters. And in the past, though, I was hysterical at this point. <laughs> I mean, so to just, I think the biggest difference now as well was like there was just no fear. Yeah. I felt like almost I trained for this. Um, I prayed for this. I'd such a peace about the whole thing. And like for me, there definitely was pain. Like it was definitely painful, but there was no fear. And that just made all the difference. And so I walked for a little while. And then at some point in the evening again, um, they felt like they were just watching me. And I think the kind of noises I was starting to make as well were different. And so they checked me again. And they, I think even though I was still only six, but I was like fully effaced or something, you know? So they're like, wow, okay. Um, and at this point they said, hey, do you want to get into the birth pool? And so I was only delighted to do that. Again, I was afraid of getting in too early because I had read and heard that it can just relax you to the point of slowing things down. And I just really didn't want that. And so getting into the birth pool was just amazing. It's like, it was everything that everyone had said it would be kind of for me, you know, it was really just felt fantastic at that point. Um, and again, just the water. But as soon as I hit the water, I actually began to push. Um, right, okay yeah and I was like oh no like this is too soon to push you know what am I doing but with the first three births I'd never felt the urge to push I'd never felt yeah. anything almost you know um and I kind of looked at the the uh, midwife and like I said it's too early to push right and she said no let's see what your body's doing you know and again just really really respectful um and so, you know, they were monitoring the baby's heart rate and all of that intermittently and just checking everything's fine. And they're like, okay, let's see what's going on. Um, and so they checked me again and realized that very quickly I was like fully dilated um, and the baby was right there. And so, yeah, it was like at the end, it was just so, so fast. Um, I remember the midwife saying to me, like, if you want a home birth or if you want a water birth, you're going to have to keep in the water. You know, so every yeah. time the traction would come, I would press against kind of everything and almost stand up. You know, she's like, no, 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 get into the water. Um, it was so fast at the end that like the second midwife kind of half fell into the birth pool. <laughs> um, and then yeah it was like basically two like beyond that kind of initial like pushing it was two very big pushes and Hannah was out wow. um, and I remember like the midwife saying to me okay slow down but it was like in my head I, I remember watching um I loved watching like one born every minute and all yeah. these programs you know and I remember people screaming on that show get the baby out of me and I was like what is wrong with her obviously you can't pull the baby out of somebody you know and in that moment I was like between two pushes I was like can we pull the baby out and they're like no way and like my husband looked at me and I looked at him and I was like oh I'm doing this you know I just couldn't yeah. believe I was doing this and he looked at me he's like I think he was as shocked as I was um but yeah, and so she came very, very quickly. It was just so surreal. Like it was so beautiful, um, so quick. And I just, it was in my head. I just knew like 
yes get this baby out of me and I just put everything I had I definitely think um in hindsight like obviously I wish I had been able to kind of slow that down a bit or you know what I mean not because I remember thinking I just remember something in my head going no let's do this let's get this baby out yeah um and so like I tore every time and I tore again with her um I had, like a second degree tear and so at the time I actually didn't feel I know some people feel tearing I didn't feel anything like that um I do remember at one point going like because I did get gas and air and I absolutely loved it. But I, like, again, I only had it for the time I was in the birth pool. So for this, like, or just before. And then when I got in a really short period of time and like very quickly in my head went, okay, like, no, I'm actually done. I totally changed my mind. I want to go to the hospital. <laughs> I want my epidural. And then quickly just realizing it is too, it's way too late. You know, it is yeah. way too late. But I still went through that thought process. I still went there in my head and I still went like, I want, I am out of this. I can't do it. Um, and I reckon I was in transition, you know, and yes, yes. again, super fast transition because went from, again, feeling quite nauseous and then just pushing almost straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just, and it, like as much as it was so lovely to meet Hannah and it was so fantastic. And it was, you know, I think it was like nine o'clock at night. So it wasn't that much later than after we had called them to come back. Um, I just felt like I have done this, you know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I was just in awe of myself. <laughs> um, I I think like I knew I could do it, but still there's a question mark until you do it. You know, it's like, yeah. I think I can do this, but can I do it? And I was like, oh my goodness, I have, I've done this. Um, and that's why I was so delighted you contacted me about this podcast because I just like thought oh my goodness if there's anyone listening who wonders can they do it like I know everyone says this but honestly if I can do it anybody can you know I really believe that we're created with the ability most people um, most women to be able to birth naturally kind of uninterrupted with a bit of support I hope you enjoyed my chat with Kira. I will have another episode on Monday. Um, fingers crossed it'll be our couples episode, which I'm really looking forward to. If you'd like to share your story, you're more than welcome to get in touch. You can put me an email at irelandsbirthstories at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at irelandsbirthstories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.